Hey everyone, this is Jamie Bateman. Real quickly, I wanted to share with you something uh, that's been pivotal in the growth and success of my businesses, and that is my partnership with Haven Financial Services. Um, I've been working with Haven for over a year now. Christine Valdez was on episode 70 of this podcast. So go check that out if you want to hear her story. It was a fantastic personal story for sure. But Haven has been awesome. They provide me with monthly reports that are super clear and discernible. And it, that provides me with clarity and focus so that I can do what I do best, which is running my businesses, not preparing financial reports. Um, again, if you're in the market for a top-notch financial service company, uh, or if you just want to check one out, go to www.jamiebateman slash Haven and check out Haven Financial Services. Again, that's jamiebateman slash Haven. I uh, can't recommend them enough. Christine and her team have been fantastic. So I definitely recommend you check out Haven Financial Services at www.jamiebateman forward slash Haven. Let's get back to the show. Today we get to hear from Maureen McCann. She is a co-founder of Spartan Invest, and um, she's the director of wealth building for them. And um, man, she's got quite a turnaround story, and it's really inspiring. This one, um, she calls it her Jerry Springer story that we we talk about toward the beginning of the episode. Um, you're not going to want to miss that part. But and then we talk about how she at one point was unable to pay her income taxes and then her debit cards uh, were declined twice when she was trying to buy food for her kids. So clearly um, at rock bottom or close to it at that point, and she rebounded in a big, big way. Um, this episode is a lot um, focused on mindset and how preparation meets opportunity um, how you've got to be willing to invest in yourself even when it doesn't seem logical. Um, it's all about taking initiative, taking action, taking ownership of your your future. Uh, Maureen is somebody who she said, if you have a plan B, you don't really have a plan A. So she is an absolute go-getter and a force to be reckoned with. Um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this one. And I think you're going to get a lot out of it. If you're a uh, passive investor looking for rental properties, turnkey rental properties, that's what Spartan Invest focuses on. Or if you're an entrepreneur or more of an active real estate investor, um, this episode is definitely for you as well. Welcome to the From Adversity to Abundance podcast. Are you an entrepreneur or aspiring entrepreneur? Then this show is for you. Each week, we bring you impactful stories of real people who have overcome painful human adversity to create a life of abundance. You are not alone in your struggle. Join us and you will experience the power of true stories and gain practical knowledge from founders who have turned poverty into prosperity and weakness into wealth. This podcast will encourage you through your health, relationship, and financial challenges so you can become the hero in your quest for freedom. Take ownership of the life you are destined to live. Turn your adversity into abundance. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the From Adversity to Abundance podcast. I am your host, Jamie Bateman. And today, I'm thrilled to have with us Maureen McCann, 
of Spartan Invest. Maureen is one of the co-founders of Spartan Invest. Maureen, how are you doing today? Jamie, it's such a pleasure to be here. So excited because I love the title and I've got something to share with your listeners that I think would just be inspiring and uh, give them hope. Absolutely. Sounds great. I know uh, I know you've made the the leap from W2 to entrepreneur. And so we're going to dive into that. And I know it wasn't all uh, rainbows and butterflies. And um, I know you've had some some ups and downs. So I'm excited to to dive into that in a bit. Um, but for the listener out there who hasn't heard of you, who are you and, and what are you up to today? So first and foremost, I'm a super mom of three incredible kids, 16, 15, and 12. So that's my number one job in the world. So <laughs> CEO two, of my house. I'm but sorry, it, I've got two teenagers and I, I just can't imagine a third, but <laughs> man, yep. kudos CEO to my, you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, they're, they're, um, they're inspired. they were my inspiration and continue to be my inspiration nice. to keep being the role model that I want for them to see and look up to. So it was it. because of them I became who I am today. So first and foremost, super mom with three amazing kids. Yeah. Um, I am the, one of the co-founders of Spartan Invest and Atlas Rental Property. I um, am an avid, avid gym rat. I can find me working out in the gym anytime. Um, and yoga is something else that I really love too, to kind of get that mindset straight. Right. Sure. Um, and I honestly just love, um, love building a business and, um, just super excited to, to be here and to share with you guys who I am, what I do and how I got here. Love it. Um, and, and we won't dive in too much yet because we will later, but what, what does your business do and who do you work with? Yeah. So we are, if you guys have ever heard the term turnkey rental property. So in short, here's what we do. We buy distressed assets, we renovate them, we place a qualified resident in the property. Uh, we sell that asset to an investor who wants to build a portfolio of turnkey rental properties. So to build long-term generational wealth, and then we do the ongoing management for our clients. Love it. You got that down. I need to do a better job of <laughs> with my <laughs> elevator pitch, but but I'll work on that after after the episode. Um, so, Maureen, tell us. You know, again, we, we touched on it. There, it hasn't been all easy. It hasn't been easy for you the whole the whole uh, time, as far as like you said, being being a mom or or starting a business. Let's uh, let's dive into your backstory and focus on some of the adversity that you've been through. And the the point here is to pull out. Um, lessons learned for the listener so that we can take some of the principles and lessons that you've learned and apply them in our own lives and take some inspiration from your story. So um, where would you, where would you like to start? You know, I'll actually, I'll start back where I um, decided to invest in myself, which when I was thinking with my scarce mindset, I was thinking about what it was going to cost me. And what I have learned is I made that transition, uh, that big leap over that abyss from scarcity mindset to abundance mindset. Mm. And it really, the, it, where that leap took place was when I had decided that I had gone to uh, my first seminar. Actually, it had been several, but this is the one that I decided that I was actually going to take action. And, uh, you know, if you guys have ever been to a seminar, you know, there's like the three day buildup and you finally get to the third day and it's like, you, you can't do this without them. And so you're just going to have to like, you know, mm -hmm. invest in yourself uh, mm -hmm. and pay the money that they're asking you to pay to get and receive the education that you're looking for. 
And uh, this was, I don't really remember the year. I, I want to say it was at least 16, 17 years ago. Okay. And uh, I was at the Allen, uh, Robert Allen uh, mm. Millionaire Next Door yeah, the, you know, event. And sure. uh, came down to that third day. And here it was. Here comes the pitch for $9,999 and 99 cents. Wow. You know, you can, <laughs> you can get all of this uh, great information. And sure. I remember I didn't have the, I didn't have the 10 grand, had to borrow it from my 401k. I didn't tell anybody that I was doing this because I knew the naysayers would talk me out of it, especially because Susie Orman was a big voice back then. Mm, and it was sure. like, leave your money in your account. Don't let it, you know, the compound interest benefit you. And I had decided that uh, very nervously, you know, I didn't have to borrow the money from my 401k, but I remember writing the check. I had a sweaty palm, my hand was shaking. You know, I had the heart palpitations, but I had known and I knew deep down that if you want effective change in your life, you have to do something different. And I could sure. do all the free seminars that I wanted to, but if I didn't actually take the action, take the leap, I wouldn't, it would not have led, that action would not have led to us talking today. Hmm. That's, that's fascinating. Yeah. Um, and so this was a, I know Robert Allen, the multiple streams of income, was it, was this a real estate focused seminar? I guess you said millionaire next door, right? Yep. It was definitely a real estate uh, focused seminar. And, yep. you know, I had, I had at least known enough that and I live in San Diego and I was a former pharmaceutical rep and medical device rep. So a lot of windshield time on the road a lot. <laughs> and if anyone knows San Diego and they know La Jolla, California, it's this crystal jewel that these beautiful homes set on top of these gorgeous cliffs overlooking the Pacific. Mm-hmm. And I was looking up at those homes and I thought, are they living up there? What do they know that I don't know? And <laughs> sure. as I started digging into it, I figured out that a lot of people, um, a lot of investors invest in real estate and um, two thirds of our net worth is determined by the equity that we have in our, our, our real estate that we own. And mm-hmm. so that was my, that was my journey into real estate was I wanted to live on top of the hill, which I know. Mm-hmm. Got it. Awesome. So then you just made, you know, five or $10 million that year and it was just super easy. And that was oh. it, right? <laughs> no, that's cute. Okay. That is really cute. I can take so, you down to some of the challenging moments that I yeah, had. Let's, let's do it. I mean, that's, you know, let's, let's, let's dive right into the adversity. What was, uh, what were some of the pain points that you experienced? Uh, the first one was um, when I was going, so uh, when I started in real estate um, as a portfolio advisor for a company based out of Memphis, uh, I had three kids under the age of five, and I was going through a pretty nasty divorce mm. uh, while I started this company. So there were some, there were definitely some relationship challenges there. Sure. Um, I'll share a little. That's that's kind of an interesting story, but I want to get really to the first pain point, which was. Um, I knew that as a, you know, you're building a company, you don't start off, you're not profitable. Like you're just, the money is not rolling in, you're really just scraping by. And, um, I remember one of the most pivotal moments was when I was, I knew I had some, a little bit of money in my checking account. I had two at the time and, um, I went to go buy groceries for my kids and, uh, I swiped my debit card. And it said declined. I was like, well, that's weird because I do know that I have money in my account. So then I grabbed the other card, swipe that, declined. It's like, okay, something's up. Something's really up. So I left without the groceries. I came back to my house. I went online. 
And I looked on my online banking statement and uh, tax levy. So uh, this was a, a IRS tax levy. IRS. Or, yep. So got it. Just so you know, folks, when you actually say, "Hey, IRS, you can direct deposit my return into my account," <laughs> the money can go the opposite way. Um, I learned that. Did not know that, but I learned that, and it was simply like an error on my part. Um, it's on a payment plan to pay my taxes. Because at that point, when you're starting a business, um, I was forty thousand dollars in credit card debt. I was definitely just scraping by. I was commission only, no health benefits um, because I made, I left the W2 world into the 1099 world. That was the first mm. jump. And um, and I couldn't afford my tax bill. So I was making monthly payments and my debit card, I learned this, don't use your debit card at the gas station because your PIN number hangs out longer in that transaction. So it's mm. easier to steal your information. So after four or five times of this happening to me, guess who I forgot to notify when I changed um, my debit card where the uh, IRS was uh, make, or making monthly payments. So I missed three months of payments, didn't realize that I did that. And uh, when I went to go to that Target one day to buy groceries, uh, all my funds were siphoned. And I wow. had to call my business partner and ask him to borrow $10,000 so that I could just get by Just until the next live day to day, which I yeah. imagine was not a, you know, I don't know. I'm sure you knew your business partner well, but it's still not a fun thing to have to ask anybody. Right. It's pretty, pretty mm -hmm. humbling. I would imagine. Yeah. Um, so you, okay. So obviously there's some serious financial struggles at, at this point. <laughs> um, and then you mentioned you're going through a divorce and could you touch on the the relationship side of things a little bit? Yeah, sure. So uh, this is very Jerry Springer-ish. So let me entertain, <laughs> buckle up, because here we go, right? Um, so I'm just going to condense it because I know we only have 45 minutes and um, I'll give you just the gist of it. So to put things in perspective, um, gosh, I started in real estate in 2007, I'm going to say six or seven, okay. and uh, had gotten married in... Um, 2003. That was mm -hmm. April 2003. Uh, my, I now re affectionately refer to him as my husband. So my husband, <laughs> nice. five months after one. we got married, he decided to be, he was going on a business trip and he had a one night stand and there was a pregnancy that uh, was wow. a result of that one night stand. Wow. But he decided to keep it secret from me for seven mm -hmm. years. So in that seven-year period, I then had three children, brought them, brought them into the situation unbeknownst to me, but was about to wow. unfold. And so here I am now, uh, married with three kids. Um, yeah. They are, I, I now find out that uh, my husband has a seven-year-old, so two years older than my oldest, right? And how I found out was... Um, he was interviewed because he looks like Obama. So he was interviewed in 2008. He was interviewed because Obama was elected that year. Mm -hmm. And so the uh, woman who, uh, it was the baby mama, um, she had seen the uh, newscast because it was, it was syndicated and went across over to Georgia where she resided with her daughter and his daughter. And so he had ignored her and, and avoided her for as long as he possibly could. He was going to ignore her for his entire life. And then um, 
my friend had set me up on this thing called Facebook at the time, which <laughs> I had no idea about. My friend, she set me up, she set pictures up there and I never even paid attention to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, one night uh, after uh, the woman in um, Georgia had found out where he was, where he was working and, you know, she was able to contact him. She was trying to reach him and say, hey, we've got this mm-hmm. kid. And, you know, he knew about it the whole time. But anyway, he just ignored the child. And um, my, uh, the, um, the baby mama, she's basically found me on Facebook after she saw the newscast, which was like, hey, I am so-and-so and I work at the Del Mar Marriott in San Diego. And so she found him, reconnected with him. He still ignored her. She wasn't getting what she wanted out of him. So she found me on Facebook. And wow. on August of 2010, uh, that is the day that I, I had a three-year-old, a two-year-old, and a two-month-old. And I had just found out that uh, my husband had baby somebody else. Wow. That is, I mean, obviously, I'm going to do it no justice by anything thing I no. say. That is, that is... <laughs> We haven't had that story on the on the show yet, so that is that is wild. I'm sorry you had to go through that. Uh, I, I, hey, you know what? Don't be sorry because here's the thing: that was that was the motivation for me because I'm such a loyal person. Like that was that was like the worst possible thing that could happen mm-hmm. in order for me to make a very strong decision to mm-hmm. leave the marriage, um, mm-hmm. save the family home. That's mm-hmm. why I went into real estate was so that I could you know I was going to straddle both the pharmaceutical world and the real estate world so I could not disrupt my kids' lives as much and keep them in the family home with enough, you know, money to um, have him exit. <laughs> hmm. And so I was doing all this. I was building the business. Um, and while going through a divorce with three kids under the age of five and knowing that um, there was this other child out there that was part of my kids' lives but that had been hidden from me on purpose, deceitfully, for many, right. many years. I mean, any one of those, just building a, a business is, is enough stress in and of itself. <laughs> and, you know, it, I mean, that is Jersey tough, Jamie, Jersey tough. <laughs> yeah, that's just how we're built. Nice. Um, okay. So now how did that go? So that was August, 2010, right? When you, you found out and then walk us through the, the next few years. Yeah. So that, uh, the next step that, that year. So I didn't have any family here in San Diego. Everyone was back East in Philly and mm-hmm. Jersey. So uh, I had to, and a sister was helping me take care of my kids while I was working. Um, and so I had to figure out a way to be able to uh, get him to exit. And uh, so I spent a year, didn't tell anybody. I kept that, kept that a secret from my family, my friends, mm. Um, mm. because I needed to strategize on how I could be able to make enough money to support myself and three kids without mm-hmm. his support anymore. So that was a, a challenging year. But um, so did did you led, consider just going back to work at this point for for an employer? Um, I was straddling. I was still straddling. Okay, you're, you're doing, doing people, and I was just it. starting in the real estate space with my first company as a portfolio advisor. And then got in it. 2012, um, I met my business partners Clayton and Lindsay, and we started Spartan Invest. Um, at that time. So between 2010 and 2012 was I can't even tell you it was such a blur because I was just <laughs> studying real estate and working and and changing diapers and taking care of kids. And so I would, you know, get up at whatever, six, five, six in the morning, get the kids ready, get them off to where they needed to go. Then I'd come back and I'd work and then I'd go pick them up from daycare or my sister, my former sister-in-law's house. I'd put them to bed and then I'd work until three or four in the morning and wash, rinse and repeat. And I did that for 
many, many years till one day, my daughter, who's now 15, she said, mom, I don't, you don't have to work until like three or four in the morning anymore. Why don't you do that? <laughs> and I said, cause I don't have to at this point, but I did then. So you talk about sacrifice and having to do what you need to do. You just, mm-hmm. you know, when you're forced to do something, you just have to do it. Yeah. No, I mean, humans are very resilient. Uh, <laughs> you know, we, we can find a way if, if there's enough, uh, enough of a reason. Right. So did you have a, I mean, you, you mentioned it, the end goal was to get him out of your life and to, for you to be able to support, um, your, your three kids. And, yeah. uh, was that, did, did you have like a 10 year goal with a plan or was it just like day to day? I'm just going to grind this out. How did you approach it? So it was, it was really day to day, but I learned that, um, it's a pay-to-play environment, especially if you don't come from a, a, a very wealthy family, which I did not. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in order to be in the circles of the people that I wanted to be around who were doing things better than me, bigger than me, I knew that mm-hmm. I needed to be in those circles. And it was a question of how do I get into those circles? Mm-hmm. And so it was, you know, my first mastermind, I think, was like an investment of $2,500. And then my second mastermind was $10,000. And then my, you know, I... I been mm-hmm. part of several masterminds, which were up to $50,000, you know, to join for the year. And um, as I was having success, um, so I started off with the small ones, right? Like I didn't have a few thousand sure. dollars back then when I had $40,000 in credit card debt. And we were just trying to get some sales. And I remember at one point, Clayton, my business partner, he said, he called me up and he's got this really cool, like calm demeanor mm-hmm. in the way of delivering like really bad news. He's like, Maureen, <laughs> if we don't, if we don't close... I think it was the number was 12. We don't close 12 properties this quarter. We're probably going to have to shut the company down. And I was the only salesperson and a one. <laughs> no, no pressure. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> um, and so, you know, you, you, you figure out, you just, you know, you have to think when you have to do it, when you have to figure out a way, Yeah. you do. You sure. do. Because guess what, Jamie? Nobody wakes up and says, you know, I'm going to make my life really hard today. <laughs> challenge myself to be better and do better. It's only the life circumstances that are put placed before you where you realize you're either going to spiral up or spiral down. And I had three kids relying on me. So my only option was to spiral up. Yeah. I love it. You had, you had your why figured out. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, so you, you go in, so you, you join these mastermind groups, you're putting yourself in the position where opportunities can arise. Right. Um, and then you're obviously putting in the work as well, um, which is a, a piece that we like to gloss over sometimes, you know, just <laughs> as a society. Um, but so you're both putting yourself intentionally in these, in this position, but you're also putting in the day-to-day work. Um, sounds like, and then some, um, so how did the, the formation of uh, Spartan invest come to be? I mean, how did that all come about? And I love this. I love this story too. I I just want to say that there is a, there is serendipity, serendipitously really. Um, But it is, it is opportunity. It's preparation where an opportunity meet. And Mm -hmm. uh, I was preparing myself for a really long time, just learning about, you know, real estate and residential real estate and rental properties and, you know, how to make money. Um, One of my, uh, one one of the guys that I met at that first webinar, the Robert Allen webinar, Mm -hmm. Randy Hashauser, really good friend of mine, still a good friend of mine. Um, he, he invited me to a second mastermind, you know, called Fortune Builders, which I went there and, and that was a $25,000 investment uh, to learn, you know, their system. But Randy was the first one who bought, uh, he invested in two rental properties 
And I, I'm not the early adopter, guys. I'm not the one that's going to jump in head feet first, right? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I'm the one that's going, hey, Randy, how are those rental properties? Are they cash flowing? <laughs> sure. Are they making yeah. you money? You know? So I think yeah, it kind of me out. I'm like you. I'm not the guinea pig, but but you know, let, let somebody else, you know, figure it out and then I'll come behind them and maybe tweak something that, <laughs> um, but success leaves clues, I think. So why not pay attention to what's working for somebody else and then, you know, put that, put that into your life. So, okay. So he, he buys a couple or does he buy yeah. a couple of rental properties? Okay. He did. And then for the Memphis group that uh, I then wound up working for, but I wasn't okay. working for them at the time. So he bought two and then I was watching him and, and then I, you know, I didn't have any money outside of my retirement accounts, but I had significant some money in my in my retirement account. So I learned about the non-recourse loan and self-directing mm. IRA. Mm. And then mm-hmm. I bought my first two rental properties because Randy was having success. So I'm like, if he can do it, then I can do it. Like you said, success leaves clues. Yeah. And then um, and then uh how I actually got into turnkey rental properties and selling them was the company that I had bought two from um in Memphis. Um, I was, remember I was a drug rep. So I had a lot of doctors at my disposal. <laughs> and so sure. I started talking to them. They hated talking about my drugs, but they loved talking about real estate and making and cash flow. So I just used that um, playground as a way to talk to these guys about what I was doing personally. And then I hosted an event that I paid for myself, got the hotel mm. space, had the refreshments. I invited the, the company that I had bought properties from to see if they would come in and speak. They decided they would, much to mm. my surprise and delight. Um, I wound yes. up selling 10 rental properties, had 30 people in the room, mostly doctors and their and their spouses. And then awesome. um, I wound up selling 10 properties that weekend. And I thought, wow. oh my gosh, this is so cool. So you um, you needed to sell 12 and you sold 20, right? Or is that is that well, it? That yeah, was different. Yeah. So it, it was it was able, it worked out. It, it worked, worked out. out. Got it. So it but a couple a couple of things I want to pull out of this before we move on is are one. It, when you were, uh, you know, pharmaceutical rep, at, starting off, I doubt you foresaw this this event happening. Uh, and, and so my my point is, you probably had days where you didn't feel like doing your pharmaceutical job, or it was a difficult. You didn't, didn't know why you were, you know, doing this, having this role, or developing these skills, but it ended up paying off in a way that you probably didn't foresee. Right. So to the listener out there, I think it's important. Do your job, do it well. It doesn't mean never question what you're doing and never take control of your your career path. But you may be in a position that you don't necessarily love, but it may, you know, provide some fruit later on in a way that you don't don't foresee. Um, and secondly, before before you move on, is you were listening to the doctors. It sounds like for what they were interested in. Um, mm-hmm. It wasn't just you throwing you know your sales pitch at them. It was they wanted to talk about passive income and real estate as opposed to the drugs. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> true, very true. So, just that's another key thing I think is just to pay attention to the people around you and, and understand what their what their motivation is or what they're interested in. So, mm-hmm. all right. So, so you you have the event, you sell enough rental properties, mm-hmm. um, and so how do things go from there? Um, this is where everything started to really start to cook, you know, okay. because I took, I took the initiative, I took action, I invested in my, I used my own money to um, put on this event so that I could, you know, generate some sales. And 
I didn't really, you don't know, you guys, like I didn't know how the outcome of that event was going to be, but I was willing to invest the time and the money and then to bring in the resources that would help the event be worthwhile for these individuals to show up on a Saturday, right? When they've got families and things and they work Monday through Friday and they've got harrowing schedules um, to seeing so many patients in a day. And so, um, but it, it was, you know, that's where, that's where one of the pivotal moments was um, because then I, that's when you have that little moment of, I can do this. <laughs> I just did this, mm-hmm. right? Versus I don't know if I can, because you can sit on the sidelines for so long going, I don't know if I can, but until you try, you don't know. And it could have failed, right? It, sure. could, have, it could have been a failure um, and nobody could have bought, but that was where I got that little taste of, if you just try, I always say, you know, if you don't ASK, you don't GET. So I, I know I was looking for the ask and then I was able to get what I was, what was unexpected. I was hopeful, mm. but sure. it was, it was not guaranteed. Um, yeah. And so that was where, um, you know, we, that's where I just, I dove in, I, I left the pharmaceutical world. Um, I dove in headfirst into, um, selling rental properties. And guess what, guys? I had I left a company car, company benefits, um, a six-figure salary with bonuses and company trips and all this fun stuff that you get in that world. Mm-hmm. And you know, to leave all of that to go commission only, no health benefits. Um, and, and I got caught in that whole Obama era where if you didn't carry health insurance, even privately, mm-hmm. which was very expensive for me at the time and I couldn't afford it. I had mm-hmm. to, I think I paid three or four months and then I couldn't pay for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I went without health insurance. My kids went on their their dad's plan, but I did not. And so, um, you know, you, you uh, that's risky. That's risky. Sure. And something were to happen. I could have been a medical catastrophe and wiped me out financially, but yeah. it was something I just had to do. Um, and then, so you know, what, that's- what would you say to the listener out there who's, Maybe it's not, they're not in the exact same position, but they, they have a W-2 that, um, or, or commission based job, um, 1099 job, but they're not really working for themselves. Um, and they have an inkling of starting a business. Now we know it's not one size fits all. Every situation is different. Um, but what would you say should, should they start a, start a side hustle and take it the, the long-term view or just, you know, rip, the, rip off the bandaid and jump in or any, any thoughts there looking back? I have learned this, that if you have a plan B, then you don't really execute on plan A. Hmm. Right. That's really you've good. Al- you've always got that little safe haven to it- it's an it's an excuse, basically. Yeah, <laughs> an excuse I think it's not an excuse. to give it your all. Sure. And, uh, I I made that decision. I didn't care. I was willing to leave all of those benefits and stuff behind mm-hmm. because I wanted something different. And I will tell you, here's a thought that went through my mind. Um, and because people ask me this, like, why did you do what you do, or why mm-hmm. did you why did I make that leap? And I thought because one day when I turned fifty. I don't want to have to wake up and ask permission from my boss. I didn't even want a boss, right? But have to yeah. ask permission from my boss, most likely probably going to be younger than me, right? That would irritate sure. me. Um, 
to ask for 10 lousy vacation days to go take my kids somewhere. That, I did not want that. Mm-hmm. And so that was a big driving force. Honestly, people ask me, like, why'd you do that? I was like, okay, well, not for my kids, but I didn't want to wake up one day and have to ask permission to go take 10, 10 vacation days to take my kids somewhere. I was like, sure. I want to be in control of my world. Um, and yeah. I will say this, this is the last thing I would say. It's not like I did this on my own, right? I have two amazing business partners who they have, they come to the table with extremely valuable skill sets that I don't have. Um, Lindsay's the operator. She can put systems and processes together. Clayton's the visionary, the find the quantitative finance guy. So he could figure out, he did all the research and figured out, you know, all the pieces to the puzzle to make sure, okay, this is a pitfall. Has what we do to avoid this. And then I'm the salesperson. I'm the storyteller. So those three skill sets combined are wickedly powerful. Mm. I did not do this on my own yeah. by any means. And then it's only continued on because of the amazing talent that has been brought on. It's 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 who you've got on your team that makes all the difference. It's people. No, that's that's a really key piece. And it sounds like you all have a lot of synergy. And I know Spartan Invest has done very well. Um, and we'll get into that. But uh, how did you approach that? Was it just organically? You just, you know, kind of happened to start a business and the three of you happened to have different skill sets and got along famously? Or was it, oh, let's take <laughs> let's take personality tests and now I'm going to go look for a business partner? Because, um, you know, people approach this in a lot of different ways and it sometimes it works and other times it doesn't. Um, so as far as finding a business partner, you know, not a deal deal partner, but an actual business partner... Yeah. How 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 did you approach that and what lessons have you learned? So they actually found me. Okay. Um, and so uh and and here's the here's the one of the key points I want to lead up to before I share that story yep. is had I not been developing my skills, had I not yep. been working on my writing skills, my verbal skills, my real estate skills, you know, you constantly have to be one upping yourself. I read so many books. Like when I moved into my new house uh, four years ago, um, most of my boxes were books, right? So I dove in to, I didn't go to a lot of parties. I spent a lot of times in Barnes and Noble. So develop your skill set because you, someone is looking for your skill set. If you're not working on them, then they're not, they're going to pass you by, right? So work on your skill set. All right. So with that, um, how, uh, Clayton Lindsay and how, my, how I met my business partners is um, Clayton is the researcher. He mm-hmm. went on he went on the road for nine months, going to different cities, uh, pulling courthouse records. Something I would never do, right? Wow. But that's the way that his mind works. <laughs> and so he was based in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Um, he and Lindsay had already partnered up, and they were flipping houses to the retail buyer. This is way before I showed up. They formed a company called Spartan Value Investors. But during the slow months. They wanted to figure out, is there a way that we can speed up sales? Can we keep the sales going through the slower months? Mm-hmm. And uh, Clayton, in his little research way, um, mm-hmm. when he was going, he went to Memphis, Tennessee, old courthouse records. I happened to be working for a company based in Memphis. He mm-hmm. went to Nashville, Tennessee, uh, Birmingham, Alabama, uh, Atlanta, Georgia, and Jackson, Mississippi. He spent nine months on the road pulling courthouse records. What he found through that research was there was a company that was he was astonished that was actually closing 60 properties a month. And that was the company that I was working for. So in a very condensed version, 
He went online to that company. He filled out a contact form. This is where serendipitously the universe conspired to bring us all together because mm-hmm. out of the five portfolio advisors he could have been assigned to, mm-hmm. he was assigned to me. And that's how we met. And then he okay. told Lindsay after we after our first initial call, he said, I had no intentions of wanting to buy a property, but after I talked to Maureen, I want to <laughs> buy a property. And so I think we found our other co-founder. And that's how Wow. We that's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Okay. So and that was, I think you said uh well actually in twenty twelve. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So, and then how has the company grown since then? Oh, this is, this is like my, so I have four children. I have my three teenagers and then started <laughs> like, this is my other little baby. When people which say, one you, like, which one do you like the most? <laughs> <laughs> I love my kids, you know, could, I, could you imagine if I said that? Oh, my kids are more than my kids. People are like throwing stuff at the screen. Um, no, it is, my kids are number one, but um this has been to watch what we've been able to do and not just the three of us, because we have a team of almost 80 people on, on payroll. Wow. And the more that we awesome. um, employ through just our organization. Um, we have gone from, you know, year one, 30 properties to now almost 2,100. It's a little over 2,100. Um, in that time period, we had about 350 wow. doors a year. I think last year's revenue was about 60 million. Um, and so, you know, to go back from this, let me just transport you guys for one second. <laughs> I'll just transport you guys for one second. Think about this. Because I started with, you know, the, where I started in, in real estate. And that was at a seminar. But I was scared to death to write a $10,000 check to invest in myself because I had to switch my mindset. It wasn't the scarcity mindset I had to operate from, I had to switch to the abundance mindset. And that is so hard. A really good book is Mindset by Carol Dweck. I highly suggest reading that book. Okay. Um, but had I not written that $10,000 check mm-hmm. to invest in myself, to learn about real estate, I would not have met Randy, which he then would have not introduced me to fortune builders, which then I would have not met the company that I uh, bought properties from in Memphis, who mm-hmm. then hired me then found me, then Clayton and Lindsay found me through mm-hmm. their online research to being here present today. And I guess what, if I was fearful and I let fear stop me from writing that $10,000 check, which the money I did not have in my, I had to borrow it from my 401k. But had I, had I let fear stop me, I'd still probably bounce around from different pharmaceutical companies trying to figure out my way because they're hiring, laying off all the time. Right. And I would have been bounced around all over the place versus hmm. walking through the fire. I did walk on fire with, with Tony Robbins. Um, hmm. Unlike the power within, I did that. Right. So everything that you want is on the other side of everything that you fear. It's hmm. just doing it anyway. That's awesome. I mean, it's very easy for us now to look back and say, well, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure, Maureen, you could write a $10,000 check today to go to one of those seminars. And I'm sure you, it sounds like you write larger checks for, for other seminars. Um, but so it's easy to look back and say, well, well, obviously you should have done that. Right. Cause we have access to the results and uh, it, it certainly worked out. And, but yeah, at that time, man, that is, there's nothing logical about that, about that decision to write that check. <laughs> I mean uh, that takes uh, you know, that, that, you know, that's kudos to you. That was that makes a lot of sense. I mean, what would you say? Because there are people who write that check and then they 
nothing really materializes or they don't take action. Um, what do you think the difference is there? You got to want it really bad. Mm-hmm. It comes from that burning desire from within to really want to do something different. Um, really want to take action. I'm telling you, mine was, I didn't want to wake up when I was 50 years old and ask for mm-hmm. permission to take 10 days off of vacation with my kids. That thought <laughs> bugged me. <laughs> yeah, no, I can, I can relate. I, yeah, I've never, you know, I, I work hard and I think I was a decent employee, but at the end of the day, I just, I like having, I'd rather work harder and have my own team and kind of, you know, being, be able to take off whenever I want and have control of that. Um, so that's, that's awesome. So, um, you know, so any other kind of ups and downs you want to discuss as far as the, I've got other questions, but, but for the last say 10 years with, you mm-hmm. know, looking back in the last 10 years, were there any other kind of low, low points or highlights you want to touch on? Yeah. Well, I would say, you know, when you're in, uh, investment real estate and, um, COVID arrives, I call it the pandemic. That's a whole nother (laughs) podcast, right? Mm -hmm. But um, we didn't know, you know, in March of 2020, we didn't even know if we were going to have a business. We didn't know how many of our um, uh, residents were affected by job loss through the entire world being shut down. Sure. Um, That was, that was very scary for us. You know, we didn't know, but um, we, we thrived through that through that time period, because I then learned that, you know, because I, I, in real estate, I was, I lived through the global financial meltdown of 2008. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, uh, and then here we had the pandemic in 2020. And the thing that I learned is that people will pay for basic needs. Mm-hmm. Basic needs are food and shelter. Um, and even if they have a situation that puts them, you know, in a situation where it's hard for them to pay rent or they can't pay their rent or they find a way, um, you know, there was the government stimulus, the stimmy checks, sure. right, that have led us to our inflation at this particular <laughs> point in time. That's mm-hmm. another conversation. But um, it was what, you know, was able to sustain people um, sure. through that through that time period. And, and as the, when the second wave of stimulus went out instead mm-hmm. of the money going directly to the social security number who made $75,000 or less and had dependents. Um, the money went directly to the property managers and utility companies. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure if we would have survived that, mm-hmm. right? Had that not been um, mm-hmm. something that was uh, implemented and that was a whole cluster on how to actually get the money because they had never oh, dispersed yeah. $45 billion before through local <laughs> states. Yeah. You know, but so we had to learn that that was that was not fun. Um, But we had investors to be responsible, you know, uh, responsible to and accountable to um, delivering results. So our team hustled. We got we collected almost two million in um, in um, cash rent, and we opened a lot of investors' hold. That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, we uh, the uh, even if the government does have a, a decent idea, <laughs> it's not often implemented super well. But um, I actually was uh, the PPP loan uh, thing. Somebody somebody used my name and my business information to obtain. I think it was one hundred ninety thousand dollars. After um, and I'd ended up having to close down that 
that particular company and moved my rentals over and um, totally fraudulent. And, uh, you know, PPP may have been a good idea, but it certainly wasn't. They had no idea how to actually implement it. But we'll leave that there and move on. Um, (laughs) um, I do have some rapid fire questions here, Maureen, if you're if you're up for it. I am. Let's go for it. Um, What's one thing that people misunderstand about you? Oh, that's a good one. Um, they misunderstand about me. Uh, Put you on the spot. I know it's a. I mean, that's it's a thought provoking question. Um, I would say I. Well, I would say people that didn't know me before. I, well, I think they would underestimate me. You know, I mean, mm. you're mm-hmm. you're someone that may appear to be sort of this bubbly, approachable, happy-go-lucky um, kind of gal, but deep down, I am fierce in my conviction of what I want and how I'm going to get it. That's a great answer. Um, if you could go back and give your 18-year-old self some advice, what would that be? Oh, this is a good one. So. Um, I go back to my 18-year-old self and I would say that everything that you have been programmed to believe since a young kid is wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you think about, and this goes back to your, you know, this was a big struggle of mine. I grew up mm-hmm. hearing, and I'm sure some other listeners are going to, this is going to resonate, but I grew up hearing money doesn't grow on trees, mm-hmm. turn off the lights, we don't own the electric company. Um, and if you have money, you got in some nefarious, illegal, fraudulent type of mm. way. So money sure. was bad. You know, money was a bad yeah. thing for yeah. me when I was a kid. We didn't scarcity. have it. Yeah, sure. scarcity mindset. Right. And I thought one day I thought, well, if I did, own, if my family did own the electric company, we would want everyone to stay them, keep the lights on. You know, it makes <laughs> less money. So you see the difference. It's like the scarcity mindset is what I grew up in. Yeah. And to make that leap from uh, scarcity to abundance. Someone said this to me once. I don't remember who the coach was, but they said, Maureen, you know, what you have programmed in your mind is erroneous. It's not right. And so, and this is going to date myself. I probably should say CD versus cassette tape. Whatever. <laughs> you got to, you have to eject, you have to take out that cassette mm-hmm. tape, reprogram it with new wiring, new thoughts, put it back into your mind. And that is how I got from, I read many, many books on this. It wasn't just one book. And I was like, oh, Oh. I got it because I struggled. (laughs) You know, you struggled. You want to go back to the old way of thinking because that's what you were immersed in. And from ages zero to five, you have no filter. You just absorb whatever is the mindset around you. And that mindset um, was the result of my parents who grew up in the depression. So they had a scarcity mindset. So I don't blame them. Right. Right. This is not blinking. It's just understanding where it came from, but realizing that it was wrong. That's really good. Um, If you were given $10 million tomorrow, what would you do with it? Just no, not saying you don't have $10 million already, but (laughs) if you were given $10 million, no strings attached, what would you do with it? I would probably start, um, I would invest in the financial literacy and education of our youth. Mm. Start Start a school. To teach them really on how to learn, how to understand how money works. Awesome. So, speaking of kind of just money and financial abundance, what what does financial abundance look like for you? What does it mean to you right now? It means living a worry free financial life, 
whereas I used to have to worry about money all the time and I don't have to. Um, and, you know, the, the thing that the most joy that I get is being able to take my kids to really cool places and do that together as a family, which, you know, when I was a kid, the biggest, big, the biggest trip we had was going down to my grandma's house at the shore, the Jersey shore. Yeah, right? Sure. That yeah. was it. Um, <laughs> and that was all we did. There was no Disneyland or SeaWorld or trips to Europe or skiing or snowboard. None of that. Didn't have any of that. But that's well, what I get to do with my kids. It's awesome. Sounds like you've come a long way from when your debit cards were declined and you <laughs> couldn't pay your income taxes. Yeah. Um, so that's fantastic. Yeah. Um, in your business, what's one one challenge that you all are facing right now? Yeah, the challenge so is, um, you know, I would say we got comfortable with the artificially low interest rates, which then made everybody mm-hmm. want to buy real estate. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. And as the interest rates had, I mean, think about this, the interest rates doubled in less than 12 months in 2022. That is going to have a profound effect on sure. sales. And so that has been our biggest challenge, um, has been maintaining the sales Mm -hmm. and growing the sales when you have such a huge uh, obstacle in front of us. So what we did, we pivoted um, because you have to any good company leadership (laughs) does, you got to pivot. And then, you know, we just, I guess we got comfortable. We just got lazy. We weren't really looking for those cash buyers. And Mm -hmm. um, we've made a valiant effort um, to bring on um, affiliates from France, Argentina, from London. Hmm. So we went overseas and networked our little hearts out. And here hmm. we are now with um, some affiliate contracts in place with um, cash buyers, you know, coming in. Because awesome. here's the thing. I don't want to be stuck in that same situation. I don't have control over the interest rates. They may go up. They sure. may go down. When they go down, it's gangbuster. But when they go up, everyone gets scared and they sideline them. So the real investors show up. They know mm-hmm. the opportunity because, um, you know, they believe what Warren Buffett said is, you know, the... Um, 30-year fixed mortgage is the eighth wonder of the world, and it's a one-way bet, right? You win either way. If the interest rates go up and you're locked in at a 30-year fixed, you win. If they go down, you refinance, you win. So it's true. Yeah, that's a great point. Um speak to the the potential client out there. What what is like, you know, we've talked around it and and you know, we talked about it earlier, but what does a, a deal look like? Or who do you, you know, walk us through kind of the beginning to the end of a of a deal. Yeah, well, first it starts with the investor and what they're searching for, right? If it's their mindset, and if they're, I would say the majority of our clients are usually between demographically, they're between forty and sixty years of age. I I love it when I get to see a twenty or a thirty year old mm-hmm. come across because they've got mm-hmm. a different mindset. Someone's influenced them in a positive mm-hmm. way. Um, if they're tired of working for the man or tired of the rat race. You know, that they usually woke up, you know, their 40s or 50s and they're like, wow, I've got life, I've got life insurance uh, or I've got health insurance that I need to cover mm-hmm. in my old age. I have, I'm afraid about living my money. I've got large expenses from college to all kinds of weddings, all kinds of things. And they start sure. figuring out that they don't have, they may not have enough income to be able mm-hmm. to do all the things that they want to do for their family. So first is the mindset of the investor. And if that's you and you're looking for something bigger and better, and you want streams of you know residual income coming in, then 
starting with single family rental properties is really simple because you don't need a large outlay of capital. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, most of the properties are between, you know, call it 100 and 180,000 for our rehabbed and then 230 to 285 for our new construction. You just need 20% down of that. Don't need to be accredited. You know, you just need to have, do you have some capital sitting somewhere that's not, that's inert, that's not earning more than inflation is eroding its value. If it's not earning more than, I'm not going to believe CPI. I don't really believe <laughs> government reports, right? But CPI is whatever 5.1 right now. Uh, I'm going to double that. You know, mm-hmm. we call it, let's call it 11%. Yeah. So if your money, wherever it is now in your ETFs or your 401k or war, mm-hmm. IRA, wherever it is, if it's not earning more than 11%, you're growing broke yeah. slowly. You've got to get it. you got to sure. get it. Your capital has got to be earning more than how than inflation. Yeah. Well, and there, there's so many, and real estate just has, has so many benefits that we can't, we don't have time to, to go into here, mm-hmm. but um, so, so somebody, puts 20% down, then you help them with the loan and then you help them with the property management. Um, and, and it's just, it's a long-term stream of income for them. Is that, is that how things look for the, for the client? Yeah. I mean, if someone's got anywhere between, I would say 25 and $50,000, you can get started in your first rental property that would produce a residual income. If you're using leverage around three grand a year, if you are using, if you're buying, you know, all cash, you're looking at maybe $10,000 per unit. You've got five of those units. That's fifty thousand dollars coming in per year. I mean, that's yet halfway to replacing your income, some of your incomes, right? Sure. So that's, awesome. that's the way you build it. You just do it one property at a time. Love it. Now there are a decent number of what I would call shady turnkey operators out there. Yeah, there um, yeah. How do you all separate yourselves from them? <laughs> well, you know what? It's called your the the. The team of people that the leadership team um, mm-hmm. and the mindset that we have and the intention that we have when we started Spartan, the intention mm-hmm. is to create massive amounts of cash flow for ourselves and others in the single family space in the Southeast markets and to help people build financial legacies. Um, I don't have that mindset of I'm just going to, and there's, there's a, a group that I just learned about from my Argentinian group who will mm-hmm. remain nameless because mm-hmm. I'll tell you offline, but I'm not going <laughs> to shame them. Uh, in public, mm-hmm. but um, this is a group that is um, targeting specifically offshore investors, captains or cash buyers, and uh, whatever their my, whatever their intent was when they started their business mm-hmm. was to defraud and to steal from people. Mm-hmm. Um, we have always had the mindset of um, enriching people because when you have a you can live a financially worry-free life, not to worry about paying your bills because you've got steady streams of income coming in that cover your monthly expenses and then some, then you get to live your passionate life because now instead of being bogged down by the drudgery of your life, of your working life, now you can find your inspiration and contribute back to the world in a larger way. And that's just how we operate from Well, if you're Spartan Invest has been doing this for, it sounds like over 10 years. So, you know, there's got to be something there because, uh, mm-hmm. you know, if, if if you're a fraudulent group, I think you're going to be found out eventually. And it just, it's just not a, you know, not going to be a long-term win-win scenario, which I know it is in, in your case. I will say this. Um, I have learned in business that if you do what you say you're going to do, you will have success. Most people do what they say. Most people say, and they don't do what they say they're going to do. You yep. do the opposite. Love that. Awesome. Maureen McCann, it's been 
fantastic chatting with you. You've dropped a ton of knowledge. Um, where can our listeners find you online? Oh, you know, you guys just find me. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jamie, for having me here. Hope I inspired my story as my Jerry Springer inspired stories. But you guys can just go to our website, SpartanInvest.com. You can find me there. Awesome. Is there anything else you want to throw in there before we sign off? Just that gratitude is the best attitude to have. And no matter where you are in your life, find things that um, you can be grateful for because it will, you know, I think Tony Robbins says, how do you say it? Um, Oh gosh, now I'm blanking on it. If you change your expectations for appreciation, then your Mm -hmm. whole life will change. So find the things in your life that you're grateful for. Even if it's, I mean, my son was telling me the other day, you know, he saw a kid that was blind. He's like, mom, I'm just grateful that I have eyesight, right? Grateful for the things that you have, the little things that you have, because that will change your mindset and keep you more in the positive state to keep you going forward. I love that. That's awesome, Maureen. Um, Well, thank you once again for spending this time with with us, Maureen. It's been great. Um, And to the listener out there, thank you for spending your most valuable resource with us. And that is your time. Thanks, everyone. Take care. Investors, have you ever experienced challenging communication or the headache of tracking taxes and insurance? Meet BiFi, a loan servicing company founded by investors for investors. With an expert team and best-in-class vendors, BiFi will partner with you to service your loan from start to exit. Visit BiFiLS.com to see how you can get started today. That's B-I-F-I-L-S.com. Thank you for spending your most valuable resource with us, your time. If you like the show, please share it with your friends and fellow podcast listeners. One entrepreneur at a time, we can change the world. See you next time. Hey there, it's Jamie Bateman. Ever felt boxed in by life's challenges? Dive into my new book, From Adversity to Abundance, Inspiring Stories of Mental, Physical, and Financial Transformation. Available now on Amazon. From a former bank robber's redemption to a young entrepreneur's victory over hurdles, these stories are not just inspiration. They're the roadmaps to your transformation. Whether for you or as a powerful gift to friends and family, especially those who might not tune into podcasts, this book is a beacon to a life of abundance. Ignite that inner fire and set your course to the life you've imagined. Purchase yours today on Amazon and light the path for someone you love.